Hello and welcome to the Where We Left Off podcast. I'm your host, Austin Gall, here with my co-host, Tommy Hanlon. The two of us have been working together for more than 10 years in the music industry, from managing a DIY venue to traveling the Midwest throwing parties. We've met some pretty interesting people along the way. This podcast is dedicated to conversations with artists and road dogs we have formed friendships with and see time and time again. We pick up where we left off. Tom, I think we left off on New Year's Eve, so we're back here now. How you doing, man? How was your New Year's? doing well it was a absolute blast not throwing a party like we normally would <laughs> yeah normally we would be out on the road doing like a throwback party or like an emo night or something so yeah it was a really tame a really tame new year's oh. eve everybody in my neighborhood like went outside and like shot it was, it was very new to me because like everybody went outside and like shot their guns at like the stroke of midnight and they took out like my wi-fi so that was really fun it was a great way to start the fucking year um, yeah dude yeah really fucked so oh well, man well we've got a uh, a really great guest today uh michael Barr of volumes uh is going to be joining us here in a minute uh michael's had a cr- crazy last five years from quitting volumes to rejoining volumes and everything that happened in between we're going to have a really good conversation with michael um but beyond that tommy and i have been friends with michael for like 10 years now we've really come up michael's like one of our our best friends that we've met doing um, this whole music thing. So, I mean, we've been on tour together. We spent time together in LA at Michael's place. We've, and in the hills at like an Airbnb, you know, we spent a shitload of time together over the years, um, whether in Omaha or LA or beyond. Um, but for those of you who don't know, I also lightly manage Michael's solo career. So take that with a grain of salt. I don't really do much these days, but it's, um, you know, it's something that we've worked on for a long time too. So we have a lot of stories to tell beyond that. We've done, we've done some really weird shit over the past five years in terms of like tours. So we, we have some good stories. So we'll get to that. But uh, Tommy, ready? Let's let's go ahead and w- welcome Michael in and get this conversation going. Michael, how you doing, man? Good to have you on. Hey guys. What I, is I feel like I'm I'm talking to you like you're not like one of our best friends, and I talk I don't talk to you on the phone like all the time. <laughs> well, there's got to be some some production value right yeah i have to put on my 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 for this my podcast voice but well how are things in la man considering what you told me the other day the the entire city seems to be like shut down so what's the vibe in la right now and how are you uh i don't want to say surviving quarantine because we're like nine months in we're all surviving but how how are you dealing with your day-to-day right now what's 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 a typical day look like for you in la um a lot of like walking around the apartment the apartment i'm in the middle of moving right now um which is taking up like a good chunk of my last two weeks but you know beyond that working out's been been key for me i've been getting really into like health and like working out and stuff because i'm getting older too As i'll be 31 yeah yeah so that's been like takes up my mornings and the rest of the day is literally just pulling my hair out. I think like everyone else, but LA right now is, is pretty, it's, it's dead, man. It's like a ghost town. There's not, there's no one out. Um, everything's boarded up like it should be, but it's pretty surreal. I mean, uh, during the holidays, it was really weird because it's so busy. LA looks at like kind of where I live. Cause I'm like, right outside of it it looks like a off lakes like 
season town it's crazy right right but that's wild like going to la like normally like when we would go visit you because like i've actually only been to la twice now and both times that we went we like spent it all with you but like it's so crazy to think about a city like that that's just like busy 24 7 365 and have it be like completely like a ghost town that's just it's so crazy i mean like i know every like chicago new york san francisco you know even kansas city st louis a lot of a lot of places you know are are huge ghost towns right now i just can't imagine what la looks like right now it's it's weird wild to think about yeah it's super super gnarly it's weird i i'm like ready to not like go and and get back out there yet but i'm i'm definitely ready to like open the the businesses back up you know what i mean so yeah it's so different right now it's nuts well hopefully things get back to uh normal sooner rather than later but uh well i want to start this this little conversation um with all three of our recollections of how we met each other tommy you can go first because i think you had you had a more of a solid memory of it than i did so yeah uh i it's a little vague because all of that was back then i i mostly just kept my head down and ran sound at that point but i remember them rolling up in like a minivan if i remember correctly for the for the first common show that we booked them on and they like i think rod or someone like jumped out and just instantly I think the first thing I heard this dude say is just, where do we eat at? And I was just like, oh, this is going to be a weird day. Uh, <laughs> okay. So it's from California. <laughs> yeah. I remember I, that's exactly the, that's the first memory I have of, of volumes collectively was yeah, like was the first volumes. Dude. I was like very anti like marijuana back then too. So like when, when Rod like pulled really? up, yeah, it was. And like, I would have never known dude. And Rod, like, pulled up and said that i was just like dude fuck i don't want these guys coming like, to the fucking venue, dude. Yeah. yeah that was when i was a lot of, too. i think a yeah. lot of people didn't want us around for a really long time <laughs> like no nah, so what ha- dude that's so crazy that that's like your lens of the situation because that was like one of our f- first runs i don't know that if it had to have fir- been your that had to have been your first like your first full us right i don't think it was one of our, i don't think it was one of our first ones because it was it was the tour it was originally like a herd of my, my rise tour that was what it was oh, it was man. like a, it was a three-band package because i remember booking it and like booking the show specifically because like oh you guys God. were on okay. it and heard of my i'm getting things on it. mixed up i'm getting yeah. things mixed up it's been a while no that was our first tour and i was we were with like in a minivan you guys pulled up in a minivan which I we were was in hilarious. A, we were in a chrysler minivan which is so like rental or so a parent no a rental but still rental. just <laughs> okay. so like that's a little so, better. <laughs> so insane so like a band that's like fucking it's just so insane and how then, much uh, money did you guys get charged at the end of that when you returned <laughs> when oh you dude returned. i don't even <laughs> I don't even remember who paid for it. I think like one of our parents paid for it. Like oh we were God. so people, uh, people were like this band from LA and like, they don't, they're just rich kids. And like, I mean, let's a portion of that's true because of other members that are in the band, but fucking, 
yeah like our one of our dads like paid for it i think and like they were so right and we were so that band but yeah basically what happened like here's the context the backstory what was going on we were traveling to your show and my friend chris Corey is a great guy he's like a genius he's a really good friend of mine um had no business wasting his time being in volumes and he's on to much better things was like in the back of this van someone was driving we were probably an hour out or no like a half hour out and he had like a blanket on his head the whole time and i was like we were like why does he have a blanket on his head this is so weird and like you could see he was like on his phone but then like just kept like the blanket covering his whole body from like his head down to his feet the entire ride and like wasn't saying anything and we all kind of caught on and then we pulled up and i guess ron must have jumped out and said what you said tommy where's the weed which is so him (laughs) and chris goes probably this was probably he probably did that after this chris rips the blanket off this is our drummer at the time i don't know if i said that before this is our drummer yeah. so a big part of the band very important rips his rips his blanket off and goes uh got this is like chris Corey 101 uh guys um i'm done here i'm gonna leave the band i'm gonna i'm gonna get a plane ticket and i'm gonna fly home and we were just like what oh my god like could not believe what just came out of his mouth and we knew him and he was like hundred percent all about it turns to me and he goes, you're going to come with me. Right. And I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. And I start grabbing my things out of the van. Cause who knows, like volumes always had some drama and there was probably something going on. And I don't even remember like what sparked this, but it's rough and the road probably got to us. Like, I don't know, five shows in. So we we fucking i'm i'm following chris in the snow with all my bags like walking away from the venue and i just go oh i can't do this like this doesn't feel right and i just immediately turn around and go back he gets on a plane and leaves we're like strapped but like dj who was in the band at the time too miraculously goes oh i'll just play the drums and like I don't know what he, I think he was playing like second guitar at the time. So we yeah, were, he was, dude. What a fucking flex! Like, yo, I'm just gonna come in here and clutch this, dude. I remember you guys freaking out after the set, but like, yo, he's dude. like, I've never even played drums before. I'm like, those, <laughs> dude, those little stories, like little shit like that, are is like the stuff that like it's not like some big elaborate like this one night we got fucked up and like threw like a fucking ho- destroyed a hotel. It's like these little stories like that where we we're like have to fix a problem or like pull off a show like that there's a video of it so if anyone yeah, wants dude, if yeah totally so there's two, a video you can look it up so it's two cool. things there kyle benecki has pretty much like chronicled the entire like history of the commons so you can get on youtube and just watch videos anytime and the, <laughs> the second part of this is that dude, was uh, Go I ahead, watched dude. that video recently and it was so cringy. And like at the time we were like, yo, this video is we fucking made it, dude. Yeah. And we're like, we're playing so the commons, many, bro. There was, yeah, there were so many people. There's so many people. The cool thing about that video is, is like, um, everyone and I can like look at it and be like, Oh my God, I know that person. I know this person. Like I'm still friends with this person. 
Yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's you, crazy. I, you've, you've got a pretty, it's, it's so weird that like Omaha ended up being like this special it's place so for random. you because yeah, it's so fucking random, but like, it's awesome. Cause like we have a good time with it, but like we've had some really good memories, but dude, yeah, that, that tour was the, that was the dollar menu. Where's the venue tour. That was you guys, Betrayal, Bermuda, Counterparts. And I think it prevails, but you, you, the stacked lineup, great show. It was like one of the biggest that we ever did in the comments, but do oh, you, so that do wasn't you, our first tour. No, it that, wasn't. Do you remember okay. what happened after that show though? Yes. No. Uh, was it during our set that that fight broke out, or was it? Dude, after? the biggest brawl of all time, dude. I, this is like this was my first memory of you. So I, I'll I'll tell a story. So I remember we were. I thought I was so tough, dude. dude. Yeah. Okay. So DJ like clutched like this really cool. I mean, like this was like a stacked lineup. This was like when Counterparts was like coming up and you know betrayal was like coming up and it prevails was like peaking and volumes was like hot like you know it, it the, the show sold out and it was a really good show dj clutched that like drum set whatever super weird situation so we get to like the end of the show and it prevails is like on their encore song or something and like we always had like this weird feud between omaha and des moines kids and like that night for some reason it just like boiled over and the biggest brawl ever broke out. And I remember the drummer of betrayal at the time, like got hit in the face super hard. And this is my first memory that I really have of you. Besides that first show, I remember you grabbed the fire, you grabbed the fire hydrate, but that like the, you know, the, you know, whatever the fuck that thing is called, like the, sure. what the hell? What is it? Uh, is it fire fire extinguisher. Yeah, fire hydrant. Fuck. That you grab the fire stick, extinguisher. Stick with the fire hydrant. That sounds way more like I ripped a fire hydrant out of the I ground. ripped it out of the fucking cement out front of yeah, the Yeah, I like that version. <laughs> but anyway, dude, you grabbed this thing, and I remember you were like, Who hit Tony? Who hit Tony? You were like screaming in the venue. And I was like, I like looked at you. I like barely knew you. I had just gotten sucker punched like in the face. I was like bleeding like all over the place. I like screamed. I was just like, get the fuck out of my venue. Like every like I, I was like, Tommy, shut the sound off. You shut it off. And like I looked at you and I just put my hands on your chest and I was like, Do you want to go outside and like like smoke or like drink or something? And you're like, yeah, let's do that. You put the fire, so you put the fire extinguisher like, down, and we went out back and smoked. You, I don't think you even smoked cigarettes either at the time, so it was like really weird. Like we just went so out back, you, I bumped you a smoke, and we just, we just, <laughs> it was so was, weird. Oh, was I? Sm I smoked a cigarette. No, I, I probably did. I probably did. I didn't really smoke a lot of cigarettes though, ever. Um, that fight was dude, wild. That was that sounded like me. I've been. So, I'd always yeah like i used to get myself in situations like that because i don't dude i can like fucking get down whatever but i'm not good i'm not I'm like a fighter i'm not a good fighter or anything yeah, I, like I that was, like i don't I, you especially when i'm you, you definitely put the fear in me that night you, yeah, that's, you yeah. scared the shit out of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> dude what so fuck? crazy there were so many things yeah dude there's so many things like that like I like, there are so many moments that I do regret and I don't have a problem saying that because it's like, you're young and like, I, I don't know, like obviously defend my friend and get pissed off for them. Maybe not at 30. That was how, that, that was how, but, that's how we all rolled back in the day, dude. If like somebody hit one of our friends, like, oh awesome. yeah, you know what I mean? that's like, what started the whole thing was some, dude. one of the girlfriends of one of the Des Moines kids got hit by one of the 
kids moshing and by like one of the Omaha kids and then just you know it was like oh, you're my girl and then they started pushing mm. each other and then the next thing you know fight breaks out one of the band members gets hit but, you guys were yeah, like just, that, weren't you band mem- yeah band- well no i don't think it was was i don't think it was us i think it was betrayal was playing or something was it because it, it, it i think it was i don't think i was playing because i think tony it was didn't happen during your set i know that who said it was it, it was it was it was the last song of the night it was during it prevails that's like I, when that whole thing broke out I sure. looked at you and I was just impression. like, Tommy, it's over. Cut it off. And then I started like when I, I think it's funny to mention too, like when I get really mad, my voice gets really high pitched. So like when I start like getting mad at people, my, my voice Tommy. will just get like, Tommy. Yeah. yeah, dude, for real. Stop. So I was just like screaming at people. Cut out. <laughs> Tommy knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was, that was a fun. Well, I'm sorry. I probably didn't help. Oh, that sucks. Okay. No, it was. It, I, I thought it was a great memory. I thought it was hilarious. No, dude, that was like. I always think about that. That that night was definitely epic. Yes, it solidified a friendship that is. Yeah, now dude, 10, years ten years, years later, later we're still uh, we're still friends. So, Tommy, even right. all those kids, all those kids for that next couple of years, like Lydia and that whole Des Moines like connection. That was sick too. Yeah, because I, I met them. I think I met them that night. I think they were there that night. Am I wrong? No, totally. It's it, yeah. And, and you're and you're right. Like it's crazy. Like you mentioned like you having like a connection to Omaha. Like since I live here, you 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 come out and play shows frequently, you know. But like that love is also like extended over to Des Moines. Like we have a ton of friends there. Like I've, I mean, obviously it's only like two hours away from Omaha, so it, like makes sense, but. You know, yeah. we've had a lot of we've had a lot of good memories in Des Moines and Omaha with all of those kids. You know, Lydia, Justin, Dude, I know a couple. You know, I mean, something Jesus about Christ. yeah, something about like your pocket and your guys' scene and area between like you know Omaha and Des Moines and all that. I feel yeah. like just, just oh yeah, it just worked. It was like Florida, and then I felt most at home in Florida, and then like in Omaha or like, you know, playing a show in Des Moines or something like that. So that's how we met, you know, let's, let's talk about, um, you know, that, I mean, obviously that's how we met, but let's talk about how, you know, I mean, I don't want to reinvent the wheel with this conversation because I feel like you've been asked these questions a lot. I mean, I've obviously like, you know, I'm very familiar with like a lot of the interviews you do, like since I, you know, was on that side of the business there with you for a while, I, I know what the conversations have sounded like, you know, what, what did it feel like when you left volumes, like those typical questions, <laughs> you know, you got those right when you left volumes though, looking back on it now, like, do you wish you would have left volumes at that time? Or is that still like a decision that you stick with? Like that, that, uh, that you don't regret. I mean, I'm not saying that you regretted it or anything like that, but I mean, is it something that your feelings have changed on over time? Right. Yeah, definitely changed. You know, like again, it's not the situation where it's like, and I feel bad for this, these people in this situation, if it goes this, like goes wrong, but it's not like, Oh yeah you're young and someone gives you all this money and you don't know what to do with it. And you made mistakes and stuff like that. I think anyone that's like has some platform and it's working out and like they're in any kind of industry like that. So, you know, if you're making clothes or whatever, you're in the movie industry, I just feel like 
things can go so wrong. And for us, it was like, um, having to like watch our backs every night, be safe on the road. Like we didn't realize that until a couple years later, I didn't realize that until a couple years later of like how dangerous things could potentially were and just like how wrong we did things at certain times, but you go through it and you don't like, like I said before, like I regretted things, but there's things I don't regret. And it's like all the unpreparedness and stuff like that. So I just changed how I like, there was a lot of stuff that I, I was confused about as far as I didn't know if I wanted to be touring as much. I didn't know if I could trust certain people in the crew and the band, like whatever the situation was, there was always something that was uneasy to me. And, um, I just think being so distracted and not having enough alone time every year, every year, you know, you're traveling so much and you're on the road so much. And we were fortunate enough to be touring as much as we did. And I just think, it spun me in a, in a way where I, I didn't really know who I was or didn't know what I want. So the knee jerk reaction eventually was to like quit the band. I don't regret quitting at all, but, and I don't, I wouldn't have quit sooner, but, um, I definitely struggled after a lot, like a lot of with, with not so much this, like any success or anything like that, but I just didn't have like, an identity. I was kind of going through like an identity crisis and I didn't, I, you know, I, I felt like I had to like everything I did, I had to like maybe overcompensate or like do, do the most. And sometimes it would end up suffocating, like whatever I was doing. So in that regard, like I kind of like changed my attitude towards like that time. And then just like forgave myself for a lot of stuff that, or stuff that happened with like, people in the past with in any regard. And so, yeah, it just, I, I don't really wish I, I quit anytime soon or anything like that. I just uh, knew I needed to go when I needed to go. And I just knew like the writing on the wall for what I wanted to do. I could see it. And I was just like, this is, this is a good time to, to, uh, you know, throw the talent for me right now. And yeah. yeah. You talk about, you talk about identity too. And I totally understand, you know, being there with you, like through like, you know, leaving volumes and then like, you know, getting to work on your solo stuff in the beginning. And like, yeah, I think it, you know, you, your first release that you put out solo wise, I think that kind of like spoke through, you know, it's not to say that release is bad because the music is good. I just don't think it was what you were, you were aiming for. And then, you know, I think you did start to find your identity on that second release that, you know, plus one, I think was, or was it Dark Kid or plus one? I can't remember what the fuck we called it. Plus one, right? It was, it was plus one. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think, I think you, you finally found your niche. I think it took you like a long time, but like you found it and like, you're kind of like cornering that, like that, like area of like metal singers who are starting to do like this whole 
side project thing because everybody's got a side project but i don't think everybody does side projects well i always think yours are really well well thought out and everything has gone so well since that first ep uh, but i want to talk about like the first couple tours that we did because obviously it was a big change i mean you went from playing you know really packed shows you know with volumes to kind of starting out again on the ground level as like a as a diy artist and like there were some growing pains that you went through but like largely you are like one of the only people that i know that has ever done like like we we really did that whole first like every tour that you've done has been completely diy you know we've we've (laughs) taken a bunch of risks we've had a bunch of really weird twists and turns but like you know it, it really it really spoke to your like determination and like your drive to get like your solo career going because it took you put the work in like it took like four years to get like to a place where you could like make a little bit of money off of it or like go on tour and maybe play a room that wasn't just like to 25 people you know starting at the ground level again like you've really grown i think that's it's so fun to like see you grow you know in a completely different way because you were searching for like something new to your identity you know what i mean like you left volumes with like something you wanted to do something different and you did it and it went in my opinion with it went really well you know what i mean it we had a lot of weird like i said twists and turns along the way especially that first tour you know like we really had to relearn like how to be like a small artist again but what i mean take me through it man like what was that first tour like being out and like like doing like overnight drives and like having to like set up your own equipment and like everything like that. I know it sounds like super rock star and shit, but like you literally would do everything. Like it was like a three person crew and like you would show up at the venue after driving. Like I mean, you guys drove through like a rainstorm from Florida to Texas and like one night and you were like, I thought we were going to die, <laughs> you know? Dude. I don't, yeah. Yeah. I mean, humbling for sure. Right. Like I, you, but, um, making that decision that I knew like before I, you know, quit the band. Um, I knew I was going to do that. I knew I was going to like make music and still create music and stuff like that. So I kind of was prepared to play for nobody and to do long drives like that and for it to be pretty grindy and for it to be kind of shitty. But I knew like, yeah, I knew how to put in the work, like regardless of what I wanted or what the outcome was like, you're going to make, it's going to be what you put into it, right? It's going to be what it's going to be, what you put into it, you'll get out of it. So I just took my chops from what I knew and all the shit I learned and just was like, this is super easy. Like I have a fucking, I don't have a trailer. I can rent a SUV. I can rent any car. I can bring a, like logistically, I was just like, this will be easy. I'm, it's fine. Um, But yeah, it was, you know, as far as the, the shows and, and like it not being something that I was used to, it was, it, that was, you know, the hardest thing for, for me at that time was like really like trying to not like check myself every day and every show at every venue venue. Like I was playing like a, like dive, people, yeah, like, yeah, dive like bars, dive bars, really and shitty play, DIY spaces. Like we we took yeah, some yeah. really weird, really weird shit, really weird risks. But what was cool was the juxtaposition of people thinking like a lot of at every show, and even into like year two, year three, year four of touring, a lot of the shows people would walk in and think like, 
like, you know, there'd be a show with like 10 people. Right. Someone would walk in and be like, Oh my God. Like I thought there would be some, so many more people. And I would just be like sitting right there and everyone thinks that there's going to be like, it's, you know, and I, I felt so bad. Like they thought there was going to be more people, but it really just like dumbed down. Like, you know, I was just like, got to meet a lot of cool people and talk to them and just anyone that wanted to ask me a question for five years that I maybe couldn't. Cause there was like a thousand people, 2000 people and fucking security and green rooms and all that stuff uh, could ask me a question and all that. So in that regard, it was really cool, but it was definitely when you put like, you know, you think about what your day was and how long it took to get to A to B and you show up and, you know, there's no, the sound guys, like there's no sound, there's no sound guy. You're used to not really doing a lot, especially as like a singer and a front man, you're used to kind of like just being there for sound check. If you're good at it, you'll make sure that your batteries, you know, whatever, every, like you, you hire your roadies, you hire your crew, but you don't fucking just, you know, check out and walk around and just have them do everything. Like if you're good, you'll, you'll make sure they're good and you'll do your job. But I didn't have any of that. Right. I didn't have money for crew. I didn't have sound and have anything. So we got a merch dude for free. Who was a friend from Omaha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's stuff like that, that I was like, well, this is good because I'm trying to like break into a genre of music. That's like, number two, number one in the world coming from a band that's a little obscure that I screamed in, but I don't see anybody doing this part. And I kind of was just like, maybe this is my way in. Like, maybe I just am the guy that was like, I'll get in a van, I'll drive there. So it worked. It worked in the sense of like the second, the third tour, some shows got bigger and there was shows with 30, 40, 50 people. And I mean, they were rare, but you know, that first tour really like solidified like my communication with promoters that wanted to, you know, book me down the road and just kind of let them know, like, I knew I had to do that to serve if I wanted to like continue because people would know, like, I'll show up. They want to see how I work, you know, how, if I'm on time, if I'm loading in on time, if I'm an asshole, you know, all this stuff. And I just made sure I was on my A game and did everything I could. So it was, it was a huge learning experience, huge humbling experience. And, you know, those, those also were a lot of fun, like, and I hadn't toured in so long. So I was just really, I just wanted to fucking do all, I wanted to do all the other stuff, like playing the shows. I, you know, I prepared for it, but I was like, dude, I want to fucking drive. I want to stay in a hotel. I want to eat shitty food. Like, yeah, the, the cliches I wanted to do again. So I felt like it all started to click like before the pandemic, like kind of like ripped in and ruined everything. I, you were hitting your stride. You know what I mean? Like I, I really, it makes me wonder what this year would have looked like now that you're back in volumes and with your yeah. solo stuff had like the year gone on. Like I felt like, I felt like that was, that was the time. So I feel like it. So let me see. Yeah. It was the time. Cause your boy's getting older so yeah, and, so let's let's talk about it. I mean, fast forward to present day. I mean, talk about how it feels to to be back in volumes, even though you're not even playing shows now. And then talk about what we just what we kind of just it laid feels, out there. It, I mean, yeah, it's great. It's it's um, it's crazy. I never thought I would like be able to uh, do 
something on the scale I was doing before again. And, um, the, having, you know, the opportunity to do it is amazing. And I'm so thrilled and I'm excited and I hope everything goes back to normal because I would love to hit the road again. Um, but it just, it feels, it's, it's just feels, uh, it feels really good. And we're working with people that we worked with years ago, producer wise and, just yeah, it just feels like kind of an extension of some like some you know how how it was in the past. It doesn't really feel different. It doesn't really feel the same. It's just like I just slipped kind of back in, and it just feels like I'm put I'm wearing like that shoe again or something like that. It's it's cool. I'm having we I'm having a lot of fun. I I didn't realize how much I like missed making metal music because I didn't really do any of that between the time I left and, you know, starting up with volumes again. And, uh, it's just, it's been a, it's been a really good experience. Fucking fans are great. Um, the shows that we have played, we played like two shows this year one was in Japan. So that was like amazing in itself, even though we, we aren't too busy, just that experience. I've never been to Japan and, Right. getting to play play a ma- like we played a massive show there that was we were a part of a festival that was put on and um that was insane yeah it looked that crazy was, but there was like what seven thousand people there or something yeah that's kind of crazy okay. that's kind of crazy for like your first show back maybe it's not seven thousand it looked but not it even, looked in it looked nuts yeah not even i mean so it was um it was like a huge like gymnasium and that's not even the word for it it was so big it's like the staple center on steroids so it's like and an arena it's like it's like a football arena it's massive like an, maybe like an auditorium is that like a better it's it's not a foot it's the size of a football arena but it's oh in an auditorium where it's just like a huge dome and it's just space so like a convention center type thing where it's just like you know where you'd have like an auto show or something dude to be honest like what i mean coming out and playing your first show like that after not playing to like a crowd that big for a long time were you like backstage shitting your pants because i don't think i've ever asked you that were you backstage like freaking out before you went on yeah 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 i was yeah it was fucking insane dude because we went from a little lockout to like that like got on a plane like whatever and and flew and was there for two days before and like pulled in and it's just i wasn't used to it like i'm you know i went from back to like we i don't know like places like the commons to like that again in a matter of like a year or whatever and uh rod is so used to playing big stages that he was getting me more nervous Cause he just kept doing his rod thing and like hitting me really hard on my chest for no reason. Cause that's like his signature thing. And comedic relief is always nice in those, in those moments. It's, he's so. the best. I just, I knew it was going to, I knew it was going to be fun. I didn't know how it was going to go. And I knew that it was our first time, their first time. I'm not even going to say my first time. Cause I was like, I was hundred percent the new guy again, volumes first time in Japan. So I just said how, like this can't go that bad. Like it's, playing in a foreign country for your first time at that it's not like playing in australia or europe like that's like a foreign country where the the language barrier is so 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 they're so thick that i was like they're just going to be stoked like we're a heavy band 
there's not a lot of heavy bands on this bill because there's so many different bands. So I was like, this is, this will, this will just be in itself an experience for them. So I just treated it like that, but I was pumping myself up and like getting ready. It was, it was sick. It was sick. I'll never forget it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun and being like, yeah, I just like put my game face on and it felt so good again to get that like energy out and that release. Cause it's so different when you're like, doing i don't know r&b music and it's right. everything's like coming out of like a fucking speaker i was playing with like a band again right i have mike it's pumping me up like it was yeah. insane and then we flew to hawaii it doesn't get much better than that played a show in hawaii it was and then like was there for five days so just a dream world and then we got home and everything fucking shut down so yeah <clears throat> that was insane I mean, obviously you guys are in the midst of like recording a record. I feel like you guys have been recording for a really long time. Give me, just give me and Tom an update of where everything sits right now and like where everything's going to go in 2021. Obviously we still don't know, you know, what's really going to be going on, but I mean, do you guys have stuff planned out for later this year or are you guys going to put out the record this year? What's going on? We are pretty much done with it and we are, I wish I could tell you we have something planned, but I mean, I have a Zoom call tomorrow and I haven't had one with like management or anything in a while. So I'm hoping there's some type of cool new update or good news, but we, we've just been focusing on the album and that's a good thing. And so it's been, I mean, like everyone else, like all you can do is stay creative and you know pivot and stay sharp and stuff so the album um is great and it's like 90 percent done it's being mixed and mastered right now and um yeah really i'm really 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 excited about it i just it's i don't know when it's gonna come out so yeah what era of volumes would you closely relate it to closest really. um i would relate it to like no it's like no sleep it's a lot like no sleep which yeah, is i feel like, like it's a, i feel like it's a good mix between everything like i've heard a few tracks too like you sent me one this summer that i felt like was a return to like no sleep form times 50 like it was like you and mike work really well together like when you're doing like cleans back and forth like i think people are going to be like blown away by this by the new record dude we're yeah we're trying to we we definitely like wanted to we you know listen we don't know what's gonna happen you know and we are all getting older and stuff like that not to say like you know the band's gonna break up or anything like that but uh yeah we just were like if we're gonna do this let's fucking swing big and make sure these songs sound on point and if this if this album we're ever going to do an album this is the one that's so important you know what i mean so we just wanted to make sure that we gave it everything and so yeah the songs came out they're big songs they're big songs and they're they're made that way on purpose so like we could have a lot of room to grow as a band and make this thing you know worth our time and hopefully get some momentum and last. So it's just then that volumes record. That's like, you know, the our volumes has had a lot of albums out and it's, 
that one that's super dynamic and has a lot of big songs on it. And, you know, we have a lot of heavy songs peppered in there and a lot of in your face ones that is classic volume style and stuff like that. But just the, just how we made it, who we made it with, what the songs are about to me, it's just like really special. And yeah, I think it's going to be my favorite album. You kind of touched on it, like going from your solo career again, back to a band and kind of the writing structure almost that you were kind of in there. Um, do you find like, is it still like you're writing like with the band or is it more like you said, you brought in some of your old producers again or like how yeah, is looking back to that writing style versus writing your own music? It's um, I'm working with someone I'm working. I mean, I, I can't, it's like a silent partner, but I've been working with him on my solo stuff for a really long time. So if people connect the dots, they can figure it out. But uh, can we just say who it is? I mean, come on. <laughs> everybody knows. With, everybody knows who it is. I know. Okay. Well, we. T- he's like. Uh, not, what's the word? All right. How about Partic- this? Particular. Okay. So I how just about this? Want- you can go look at the music credits and you'll find out because it's all listed. Yeah. So he helped me with my solo stuff, and I asked him to come on board again with volume. So in that regard, it's for me. It's. F- it doesn't feel any different really. And it's more fun and it's easier. And he's, there's less pressure. Like it's harder to make music. That's like more MIDI based and more like synth based and has like keys, but it's, but it's also, (laughs) it's going to, this isn't, it's hard. It's hard to, it's harder to make a metal song in a lot of aspects too, but there's more room to like fuck up. And when you're doing like with my solo music, it was had to be like, everything had to be like on point. Yeah. Like just very like, yeah. And and more like on brand and like, is this hot and all these dumb questions. Like, are are people going to like this? Like, is this going to be something that people like actually fucking like want to mess with? (laughs) Yeah. So in metal, it's like, obviously there's more room to play with so we're just it's fun like it's like dan's obviously crushed oh okay it's daniel bronstein because i just said <laughs> i just said dan's name damn it michael <laughs> come on dude daniel's, okay, so, Dan, daniel's been great man he's he's done it's a fun. really yeah. good he's done a really good job whether if it's like volume stuff you know like initially like in the beginning of volumes or if it's like working on like your solo stuff he is a very very well respected and like very well sought after like producer in la i don't think many people like realize that he's written with some of your favorite bands you know what i mean like day trader yeah, or not day trader day seeker you know like day the list goes day trader <laughs> <laughs> Sick. Trader played the commons once just just throwing that out there that band's cool so after it seems it, it's not to say that rod hasn't had a huge role in album prior albums but it seems like rod's really taking on like a bigger responsibility on this record i mean what is that what i mean i i assume that's probably a new thing for volumes you know having him behind a lot of what's going on how does that how does that kind of uh dictate this songwriting process with this album Rod, yeah, he has come like such a long way since I was in volumes with him. And just in general, he's just crushing it. And he really wanted to like learn how to produce. And he did. 
and he got really good at it. Um, so basically when we all met up and talked about it, we just agreed that he's going to be like a huge part of that process. Cause he's just like blossomed into a type of producer. That's really good for this type of music and heavy music and rock music in general. And, um, more so like, I would love to see him put the work in because he kind of has a platform now in the band where he's able to do so. And um, I actually think when like Diego left, he got like really, you know, into the idea of I'm going to do a lot of the producing just like he did like myself. So he really saw that through and just like hunkered down and it's pretty much all he does now. So mixed with him and Max Shad, who's also helping produce the, the record who, who is like the main producer of this record. I shouldn't say helping um, them two together, just like hunkered down and, you know, made like fucking 12 songs that they showed to me. Okay. Well, we're excited to hear it, man. uh, All the rest of it, but what else are you working on in your free time right now? I'm starting like a new, brand operation or it's like a like a clothing company home goods company and been working on that since i'm just sitting around and not doing much that's going well and there's a couple of other things i'm thinking of doing um just to like get some more money in and stuff like that but yeah, dude, mention it. Flex on it. You're you're taking like, like re- you're you're taking like real estate classes I mean, right now, are you? Yeah, I'm doing some of that. I'm doing some of that because that's just good to have in the back dude, pocket. But I think it's I think it's good that we all find a norm a normal a normie job that we can that we can just hold uh, on to in case this happens again. Fuck the nine to five. Yeah, Go the back. nine to five. I've done enough. I worked enough shitty jobs in between touring and before I was touring that I just the nine to five thing is just depends on what it is, but the, like the odd jobs, like interim stuff. I think I one can't. of the funniest odd jobs I've heard you, like you were like, I had to count jelly beans last <laughs> jelly, time. Yeah. Like, I was counting jelly beans this week. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, dude, that was, I mean, that's when I was like PAing on TV shows. Dude, Michael has PA stories for days. I've I, so, Many and that's was one of them is they gave me a jar of fucking a huge it was like a game show and they're like, you know, guess how many jelly beans are in this jar, but they wanted me to hand count them. Like there was no other way that was more accurate. And there was like you have to no one is the the context of this jar, like this thing was like a like a fish tank. Two like a two foot fucking jar of jelly beans. Like it was huge. For those for for those of you who don't know what a PA is, it's a production assistant. So like you literally just go and do literally whatever like the production manager tells you to do. In this case, counting a shitload of jelly beans. Yeah, and they're not nice to you, and they don't really care about what you you know. They don't really care about you. You said that that they like they 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 made you count like all the jelly beans and then you didn't even use them on the show right yep (laughs) dude i count that was my job for an entire day and a morning the next morning and i had to get there early and they make it seem like it's the most important thing 
And I'm like, all these jelly beans are really, and they didn't even fucking use it. I think everyone started eating out of them. In the oh back. my like, god, crafty. <laughs> but, Keep that flavor flavor mentality. I mean, hey boy. <laughs> That's just jelly beans, whatever. It's not the fact, dude. Uh, it's shit like that. Like it's those jobs. Like any, you have to whatever. Like you, I needed money and I had to do that. And I've done other stuff that's humiliating. Dude, to, talk, talk talk about talk about the time you PA'd for George Lopez. Those stories always get me. I don't think I had more. There was one thing that he said. I mean, he was really cool, and I had the opportunity to do like three days with him and. Uh, I was told not to say anything and not to talk to him and not to stand close to him. And like the whole, the whole like cliche thing from his assistant who I was dealing directly with and who like we all hated because he just made him seem like an asshole and all that stuff. And we're like standing on some street in LA and he's just like, what did he say? He's like, I was holding his cards, like, you know, like to talk. So I'm standing really close to him and I'm holding like essentially above his head. And um, he was like, Hey man, do you get a haircut? And I did. And he's like, I was like, yeah. And I didn't know if I should say anything. And he's like, classic George Lopez goes like, you know what they say? Like when you're, when you get a haircut and it's a full moon. And I was like, no, he's like the wolf comes out of you or something like that. <laughs> something like, but, but so like, you know, you say like, yeah, right. Wolf comes out of you. And I just completely was like, Oh dude, this guy's, this guy's sick. This guy's super cool. And it was, it was cool. It was around like a lot of, we were doing, we were filming him just like walking around LA and like going into restaurants and like having dinner at places like a food show. That's so, and so a lot of people were running up to him and he was like stopping for every single person. So he was really cool. Dude, shout out George Lopez, man. I, the Lopez, the George Lopez show on Nick at night. Uh, I fell asleep to that many times as a, as a kid. So we're going to walk up by low rider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that theme song to that show is always, Oh my God. It was so annoying, but oh shit, man, let's get into some of these. Uh, I, I crowdsourced some questions from, uh, from who I've been crowdsourcing our questions for, for the last episode. So I've got some questions here. What's your process for dealing with performance anxiety? We kind of talked about that earlier in oh, the, that's a good one. uh, earlier in the show when you were talking about, you know, being back in Japan, playing in front of like a shit ton of people for the first time, what, like going forward, you know, what, what are you going to do to kind of manage anxiety like that? I mean, obviously your first show back, you have jitters, but like, do you have anything that you use now to like cope with anxiety before shows or do you get anxiety before shows? I guess that's probably a good question to even ask. Yeah. I don't think if you have any like anxiety, if it's this small or this big, it's like, you're not, you're not there to perform. You gotta be, you gotta be nervous whether there's like 12 people or 1200 people. Um, but it depends on it. So it depends on like the genre of music. So if it's like my solo stuff, I'm more like, I just want to like chill and like not, I don't really smoke um, before I play or, or drink before I play. So just like chill and hang with like you or Tom, you know, you guys would be ideal to like hang out with before I went on stage and just, that would be it. Like, I don't want too many people around when it's like, the metal stuff i kind of want like to be distracted like at that japan show i was just like running around backstage like doing like because it was so big like the location i was doing like full sprints and just like trying to pick up my energy 
so that's how I deal with it. I just try to like distract myself in like the best way, but I feed into it. Like I want to feel, I, I like feeling that. Cause like, it's just that like, um, shows you care. Yeah. Well, just like under pressure, like just having that pressure to like do a good job. Like that's, I always want to go into that. If I don't, I've played shows where I haven't gotten into that mode and it's like, it just does it, You don't, you, you feed into the fact that there's no one there. So it's like difference when we like you and I, Austin, we play a show and there's, which we have, and there's seven people at vaudeville muse <laughs> or whatever, but we're having fun. And I make sure like I get into that mode for some increment, some time backstage before I do. So wherever I am, it sounds, this sounds so like bougie and rock starry, but you know, it's, it's more just like wherever it could be a broom closet, wherever I am. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. So yeah. If you're that lucky, you might just be a back alley. the back room at the back room at what's uh what's the venue that we we did with like nothing nowhere uh lookout lounge Uh, now close thank you covid19 oh wow r.i.p well i was gonna i I feel really bad but i'm about to say but that back room it could be like that back room which is just like that back that back room 29 chairs yeah 29 chairs stacked on either side of you and I'm like, why are there so many chairs here? There's there, there's no one even here. I think you've played there three times now. Well, those shows, you pl- I don't know why. Three times. It's, it's not yeah. going to be a venue anymore. I know that. No, those those shows, like, I don't know why I said there wasn't anyone there. Those shows were sick. Those were fun. Well, the, the, yeah. The last I, one was dope. Yeah. The Nothing Nowhere show was really cool. Yeah. Um. All right. Next question. I like this one. What's What do you feel is the best song that you've released to date? Solo and volumes combined. What song are you most proud of? volumes probably a song that's going to come out on this record which is called well i don't (laughs) i don't even know what it's going to be called yet but it's got a a working title it's a working title so there's no point in even saying that the working title is called happier but you know how these working titles go they're not always the best it it won't be maybe you should but decide it now just call it happier no, 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 we can't. So <laughs> that track. And then you, the, I did Burning Bridges, the way that song just came about and like that time in the studio and that time in my life and all that stuff. I That that one, that yeah, one, sure. that one was just really, really fun to make. And like I knew what I wanted to make. Um, and I've had that before with other songs, but for some reason that one was just like sticks in my head for some reason. What was, was a, the last? What was the last song that we put out? Or they, I'm sorry, not we. That we pushed you put out. That we that we brought to the market. What was that? Was it oh my no God, control dude. or was it Burning Bridges? It was, it no, was no control. Con- yeah, love it. Yeah, it's this, been, it, yeah. I had to like refresh my memory there. It's been so long since we've since we've like talked it's about. It's been like a long. Stuff. It's it's been a long time. I haven't had a I haven't had a proper chance. And now with the pandemic, the people that I was working with, like everyone's like backed up and tied up stuff like that so it's just not been convenient and you know i don't know i think it was i think for me it was like something that served its time its purpose when i was doing it and i just don't know i think i would be more into like doing it 
digitally, doing everything digitally, doing everything streaming wise, then like going back out on the road, even if I could, and there wasn't pandemic and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just, it's dude, it was, a. I did it for like three to four years and it was a draining, it was draining. So to have that like drive that you need still just being real with myself, like, and being, having the opportunity to like possibly tour with volumes again, if everything goes back to normal. Yeah. I don't know. It's, 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 um, I, yeah, I don't know if I'd miss it. Like I'd yeah, miss, right. like I missed, I missed playing heavy music and stuff like that. I don't know if I would like miss doing the solo stuff. Sure. Yeah. It's funny that you say you miss playing heavy music because I feel like in the early days of volumes, all of you guys kind of talk shit at the same time on metal. Like when, when you played it, at least like I know Rob, 100, like it, it 100%. was a joke, but at the same time you guys took it so seriously and it was just, like you could joke it, about it, but no one else could kind of thing. You, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, they wrote a fucking song about it. What's that first song off of No Sleep? What's it called? The Mixture. Uh, yeah, dude, that's like that's like a direct hit to like metal bands like across. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think being self-deprecating, like I'm really, I'm too self-deprecating, and it gets me in trouble all the time. But I think, uh, I just think it, a, little, a little bit of that was also we knew that. Listen, like we we're all like everyone in the band was like legit metal heads like all know like the most obscure metal to like most classic but and like hardcore music and really brushed up on like straight edge hardcore music and punk music all like everything has to do with heavy music like we've covered it from some type of member between me nick rod at the time gus diego but i think we also knew that the image we gave off was also like something that people didn't there was a percentage of people that like didn't like it and didn't vibe with it so to cope with that i think we were just like yeah like we're just a fucking shithead not shithead metal band but like we never took things too seriously we took the show so fucking seriously that chunk of time but as far as like interviews and how we wanted to come off and like being young and stuff yeah, we, we didn't, we would like talk shit on ourselves or like we're very vocal about like opinions about other music and other genres and stuff like that. But I think, I think just, I, for the, I think every band has its like dish of shit that they have to go through and shit that's like, no, I don't know. I don't know any band that's just like, we're all fucking sick and there's no problems and there's never been any problems. And we've always liked touring and all this stuff. So I think we just like, we're projecting being away from home and always having to be out because like, we're fine. Like everyone in volumes is really happy and we're glad with the way it's turned out. And we're just lucky to like still be playing music at 30 years old, 31 years old. Some people are older in the band. I think we thought we were going to be like something else at this point. So we were, we were projecting that and trying to like maybe cast ourselves and as a different type of like metal band. And we should have done things differently hundred percent, but it also is like plays into the storylines and the eras and stuff. My favorite bands were bands that like had eras from when they started to like what they're doing now. And like, it's very much a thing with volumes. Like there's 
it's just eras of each album has its own different like the style of what we looked like who was in the band like how it sounded and i'm really proud of that i'm really proud of that so there's a there's there's a lot of stuff that that was yeah, cool the journey that. that volumes has gone through has definitely been entertaining in itself oh i mean <laughs> i <clears throat> that's the, cra- the, thing the crazy is- thing is that is that they've persevered though they're still a band yeah. and like okay. honestly like yeah. when they i think when they come back and release this record they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be better than they ever have. You know what I mean? It's that's, yeah. that's, that's the craziest thing about it to me. I and think, some- you, you know, b- bands have highs, a lot of highs and bands have lulls and lows. And when you're a band for a long time and people come and people go and there's five years in between and now it's 10 and you look back and you're like, Oh, this has been actually 12 years. Cause the two years before we were just jamming in a garage and weren't touring, you know, it's like you look at that span of time and you just go, like, yeah, there's, there's been records that maybe people didn't like as much. And there's been records that people liked better and, or that are more revered and have better reviews or whatever you want to say, or anyone wants to say about it. But yeah, do you, I think, do you feel like, and, and not to like, I feel like I've asked some like kind of hard questions and I don't mean to like, I don't, I don't <laughs> think you I don't think you guys are doing anything wrong. You know what I mean? I'm just, I like to get the perspective of asking like hard questions, well, but like, tell you, me how you really feel. Oh, I will. About... I will. I will. Do you think this is like kind of like a do or die time for volumes? Like when the pandemic is over, do you think this is going to be like this record comes out and we either like, you know, make this like a full time thing again? Or is it like if this record comes out and it flops, I'm going to just like go away forever. Dude, you know me so well. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's really, really important that, you know, the record, not not that the record, like, performs well, because it's really hard to, like, people look at the, the singles are already performing well, you know what I mean? Like, the I singles are, you have to worry about that. The singles are performing well. We're not even putting those on album which is great for that reason because crazy we want those numbers but yeah Yeah. so that's so we're feeling like the back end of the album with more songs due to that but yeah i think it's i think it's really important um that this record is like really pleasing to the fans beyond that i don't care how i mean i do care how many numbers it sells because it affects my career and the band's career and every everyone knows this by now so definitely buy the album when it comes out, get those first numbers up. But as far as the, the connection it has with like the fans and me being back, I just feel like there's a lot of pressure in that regards. Like a legacy album to you more so than like a, you know, having huge success from it. You want it to like kind of capstone at least. Yeah. For now. capstone. I I I almost wanted to have like nothing to do with me and just being like, Oh, I'm just a guest on this and this is, but like the whole just lining up of producing and the producers and stuff like that. I just, I want everyone else to have credit for it because I just feel like, yeah, I want it to go well in that regard where people like notice everything first, not my vocals, not, you know, not Michael Barr, not stuff like that. And that's when I'll know it's a good album. So I just, I hope it's just people just have a really good time with it. Have fun with it. Yeah, for sure. Dude, my, one of my favorite things to ask you, and I, I love this question, one of my favorite things to ask you and like kind of keep up with you about is like what you're listening to lately because I feel like I draw a ton of like inspiration 
of my own musical taste based off what you're listening to because you always find things way sooner than I do. So let's open it up for discussion. We all three can talk about this while we're all listening to. This was actually under the question for all. There's questions for all three of us too that we all can answer. So, but no, open it up to you, Michael. What do you, I mean, obviously you're in the midst of like recording a record right now. So I feel like when I'm like recording things on my own, like for podcasts, I'm like, I'm usually listening to like a podcast that like I can draw inspiration from or something like that. I mean, what are you, what are you really listening to right now? So when I was making the album, I wasn't really listening. So like, I wasn't listening to any heavy music, um, really, or really a bad thing. Yeah. I wasn't really listening to music at all, at all. I go through these weird periods where I like, I don't listen to like any music. It's weird. But now I'm listening to music like all the time and it's it's after it's like weird. I'll notice like I'm like, oh, yeah, the album's done. And I'm like listening to music way more. So right now, like right now, I'm listening to Kurt Vile a lot. Who's like a yes, indie. Almost almost like a guy that walked out of the 60s or 70s into now. Sorry, he's really. Yeah. yeah, he's so sick. And if it's not that it's like. Like, uh, like I was on a, okay. So I was on a really heavy reggae kick before this, uh, before like two months ago. And then now it's, now it's like indie coffee shop, Kurt Vile radio. And then I'll, you know, if it's the middle of the day, it'll be like fucking the heaviest ignorant music there is. So uh, yeah, I'm still very much listening to like, heavy heavy bands i like a lot of like straight edge hardcore right now i like a lot of punk music um bands <laughs> straight edge hardcore is something i never thought i would hear Dude. in your mouth yeah i, I have so many i mean i've always listened to bands like you know like what like good clean fun that's always a good band and there's just it's just good i don't know something about the good people good vibes good music you know i know a yeah. lot of my friends are straight edge too so uh-huh. it, yeah, I just find those bands like that whole scene, like, um, like Foundation and like some. Those uh, are Commons alums as well. I was gonna say, yeah, should, I, their their lead singer tried to fight the donut stop owner, the the eighty year old donut stop guy one time, and we got our show canceled. This shit was fucking oh hilarious. <clears throat> we got stories like that for days. This is gonna be a fun but podcast. Like, on even like Inclination and just like a lot of these like bands that are like new hardcore bands yeah i I mean i I agree man i've been listening to a ton i've been i've been listening to a ton of like trapped under ice like comeback kid yeah like i've been listening to a ton of set your goals i think i said that before before set your goals is like all-time awesome favorite band that i've been listening to like living with lions too that was a really cool canadian pop punk band yeah i'm I'm yeah a lot of punk a lot of like punk music too like um yeah just like punk hardcore and Fucking, I usually listen no. to like music when we podcast too. So like right now I'm listening to Minus the Bear. Like that's the type Ooh, of shit. What like, album? Dude, Minus, Minus the uh, Bear is sick. Do yeah, yeah, Infinity Overhead. Very very cool record. Okay, yeah, sure. very like Highly very beach beach vibes. Like beachy. Do you think it's Europe. beach vibes? Really? At, at at times it can be not like beach like Hawaii, but just like mellow like stony fucking yeah, vibed yeah. out stuff yeah i saw them <laughs> I, yeah. I saw them at the beach with circus survive and that's oh why God. i said beach 
amazing like what yeah, like was, a festival or something yeah it was like it was like uh pack was doing a show at the pier oh. and they play they played like on the sand sounds very california yeah i was gonna say that's like such a la just like most people probably ignored it so yeah whatever but you're saying yeah, yeah i guess i'll go to Dude, that. it was <laughs> it was sick no there's a lot of fucking kids there there's like five thousand kids there it was oh crazy Jesus Christ. all right let's move on to this next one um i think i already know the answer to this one but i love talking about food so let's just go with it favorite go-to food, food on the road and i already know what you're gonna say but go ahead and just your favorite food to go on the road Favorite food to go on the road. Um, I can I can name your top two just off of. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say them. Raising Cane's and Taco Bell. Oh man, there there it is. But it also depends. It also depends where I'm at. Because because if we're getting down to to like like the food food logistics and like like let's say there's Taco Bell. Let's say I'm in Texas and there's there's yeah. Taco Bell, Raising Cane's, but there's Whataburger. Oh. oh, dude, that place is so good. That place gets a weird rep. Like, I know you're from California, and no, it's not overhyped, dude. It's good. Dude, I'm, going to, no- I'm going to Whataburger over those two. Because yeah. then the next, because there's always going to be a Taco Bell around. Probably Raising Cane's more than there is where I'm at, because I have to drive really far. Me and Tommy have had some gnarly hot dog experiences. I remember where I live now in St. Louis, we used to play this venue for, for Emo Night called The Ready Room. And I remember we... We had like a really good show and like we didn't drink the entire time, but like we finally started drinking towards like the end of the show and then like left and then like went to like a couple bars and got like trashed. Like, cause like they don't stop serving till like 4 a.m. here for whatever reason. I was like, I was, I, I'd already been dancing all night at Emo Night. I was dancing at the club there and then like I was like, dude, I'm so hungry. Like, if I don't get something, I'm gonna puke. We walk outside of like this bar and there's this homeless guy that has like rigged up this like street sign with like uh, with like you know like the grills that you find at like a community park or something he had it like rigged up so he could like cook on it was the weirdest thing i've ever seen i was like i don't know if i should be eating this yeah he had like the coals on the street sign and then had like this fucking thing and then like had a pallet it was so fucking it looked sketchy but i was so hungry that night i was like dude tommy give me give me five bucks like i'm gonna buy have you these the best part of it was like as the guy was doing it he like you know you need a napkin i was like no bro let's not do this like and he's like no we're getting one he's like you want bacon wrapped and austin's like fuck yeah i want bacon wrapped so i grabbed like a raw bacon wrapped hot dog and and he goes to get on like a plastic glove, like one of those thin serving gloves. And I was like, oh, at least he's going to put on gloves. And dude just like tears through it as he puts it on, like completely fucked out of his mind. He just like, and like hand exposed. He's like, okay, grabs the hot dog, puts it on. She's like, oh man, like post pandemic, I'm never eating that hot dog again. Oh, dude, right? We thought that was the best idea ever. Uh, I, was, so I was drunk as hell. I had no, <laughs> no recollection of that the next morning. And then I was like, it finally came to and I was like, holy shit, I ate a hot dog off of like a street sign last night. I was like, I, oh, if yeah. I didn't have cancer before. I definitely have cancer now. Yeah. Oh, Dude. man. Gross. Very gross. Yeah. We'll, 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 uh, let's get like two more, two more questions in here. Then we'll wrap up. Um, all right. This is a... <laughs> This is a good one. I feel like this one is kind of like this one kind of like we can pat each other on the back and ask, but 
what do you think, what accomplishment are you most proud of in your life? It's not like a typical question that I think. Who asked this one? Dude, Jason asked Jason asked this one. The, just the touring thing, I think. Like, I think the fact that I, that was like a dream I just wanted to do when I was so young. And I think that, that I did it. It's just like, the, if I, I don't know if I had to like accumulate it to right now, I'd be like, yeah, like the touring thing and just being able to say like to my kids one day that I was, I was wanted to do something and I did it. I worked hard, you know, yeah. it, I, it was successful. It wasn't successful. Like I have a lot of different ways I can explain it, but yeah, yeah I just think that part for sure. Man, I mean, I've trying to, I've been trying to like rack up mine. I guess mine probably would have to be graduating college. I know it's kind of like a, a cop oh, yeah. answer, but I fucking, no, that's so easy though. Dude, I was so bad at school. Like when I was a kid, I I had like pretty much when I graduated, like my senior year of high school, I I had no plans after high school. I was like, yeah. my mom like kind of forced me into like applying. I didn't want to go. I fucking I always like fucked up my studies when I was like in high school. I was never a good student. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So the fact that I was able to like go to college, find something that I'm passionate about, and like make it through with like a respectable grade point average, I think is like my greatest accomplishment. Tommy, give me your uh, biggest accomplishment of your life. Let's hear it. What Most- is it? proud accomplishment um i think kind of in line with michael's getting in with the grandson camp and like doing that whole thing up until Hmm. it all shut down and burned um yeah just chasing after the dream and and not letting go of it regardless of the hurdles that were in between um it's yeah been a 10-year journey that started at like the commons with you guys and faking yeah. it and running sound. Yeah. I kept saying yes. And I guess also graduating college, like I got two degrees during all this time. Like, but I don't, I don't think that's my proudest accomplishment really. I'm, they're just paper to me, which I got the knowledge. I got what I needed out of it. I, I think like my greatest accomplishments are yet to come is the way I always look at it. So up until this point though, I, I do think that, uh, yeah, touring, has been something that like reflecting with this time off of it. Like, cause yeah, I mean, I was touring with like a shitty dance company before I got the grandson thing. So it wasn't like the most glamorous tour, but I was still doing the job. And, and like, like you said, everything surrounding it was the same. You still went out, you got food, you got fucked up with the crew. Like it was a tour, but we were, instead of like doing it for a rock and roll band, it was for like dance moms. So it was vastly different. I like, I like this last question. Uh, before you decided to re- pursue like a career in music had you not been doing music what would you be doing right now is this this question's for tommy right this question's for all of us i'll, <laughs> I'll real quick say um, i'm be an architect but that's the end of it i didn't do that fuck all that michael you- <laughs> um a basketball player dude oh shit oh, pro man. oh my god that would be yeah, I college ball at least. But dude, why have um, we never played basketball together? I find this agree because I'd beat you, dude. Fuck so. you! I would whip your ass, dude. I'd fucking uh, back you down in the post, know. and I would like fucking smack over I you. I think we're gonna have to settle this next time we're all in the same yeah. place. It'll be a one. Bring it on, on, bro. So we'll yeah, I think basketball for sure. Yeah, pro basketball. <laughs> Oh, fuck, dude. I don't know. I guess, I mean, I, I work in public relations now, so I guess I'd probably be doing that. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I always thought it'd be cool to like be a meteorologist or something when I was a kid, but 
I, uh, again, yeah. I, I think that takes like a degree of like math and like science. Yeah. And it probably would. I've always wanted to be like a train conductor. Too. Yeah, it's crazy. My dad worked for the, for uh, Union Pacific for like 35 years. I know. And I always got a kick out of that yeah, because dude. I love trains. Yeah. I always wanted to be a train conductor. Yeah, dude, yeah. I would fucking, I would work for UP. They're giving my dad a fucking crazy pension and retirement. I would kill for, <laughs> I would kill for what he's set up with. I know he's worked really hard. He earned all of it. So, I mean, it's not like, it's not like he woke up one day and just like was entitled to like a pension, but you know, God, I would love to work for a company like that. That'd be amazing. But anyway all right dude i feel like we've been on for two and a half hours now we should probably just like wrap and just maybe we can have you back on again sometime down the road i don't know i feel like yeah, there's a, i feel like there's a whole yeah. bunch of other stuff that we didn't even talk about i've got a whole like other list we'll of questions a, that we could get into so we'll do we'll do a a, a, a part two a, a two a part two we'll part do two. a uh we'll do a pandemic yeah, we'll do yeah we'll do a pandemic special like south park and maybe we'll, we'll just like sit here and smoke weed this is the pandemic special. Well, because okay. we're planning well, on continuing this once touring resumes. We want to. I want to. Oh, yeah. So once we're all out on the road again, we're in the same place. We can sit down and have this conversation. Yeah. You know, when the album drops, there's once a lot of stuff we, we can yeah. talk about. Dude, let's go back and rent that Airbnb that we rented in the hills that had all those nice cars. Dude, for it. rent rent a, rent a, a better one. Dude, yeah. don't rent. Yeah. Don't, re- don't rent the little computer. like yeah like the fucking okay so for a little context here before we go me and tommy went to la together for the first time like like in 2000 the summer of 2019 and we got this like place as close to the hollywood sign as we could get which was a bad idea because it was away from literally everything that we needed to do but it was like this little room in the basement of like this mansion and these people had like these maseratis out front and like they were part of the corvette club too i think we figured that out later but like yeah i don't even know why i'm telling the story it doesn't it doesn't even fucking matter it was super obnoxious they were like revving their engines the whole time yeah dude they're like cliche it was like super like i pulled up how about i said i pulled up and i was like what i was like this is the most cliche la airbnb and i thought you guys were staying like in the airbnb so i was super (laughs) confused i was like oh this guy just has his cars he just leaves them out i guess maybe he's not i have no idea and then it all clicked when i like you guys were like staying in a different part of the house but yeah it was we stayed in this really weird fucking basement room that was like essentially like a guest house but it was like a guest studio room (laughs) it was it was really shot was there anything like youtubers yeah yeah that was also an airbnb the whole thing was an airbnb so they were also faking it so oh really dude that's yeah they were just there for the night that's why i was like are you guys serious like as every everyone is fakes it out here so exactly well that's kind of like our shtick anyway fake it till you make it so you know whatever yeah me and tommy kind of built like careers out of it so yeah 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 it works for some people right yep oh all right well let's wrap it up michael thank you for coming on man really appreciate it like i said we'll get you back on for another episode we could sit down and talk talk about a plethora of different shit but thank you again man best wishes for the rest of this year hopefully we can get back out on the road hopefully you can make your way into the midwest maybe we can make our way over to uh the coast i would love to get out of the midwest for just like a day or something (laughs) 
Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, thank you for uh, thanks for coming on, Mike. Let's uh, let's wrap there. Find us on social media. Left off pod on Twitter. You can search us on Facebook. Uh, I'm actually finishing up the Facebook page right now. It'll be up by the time this episode is posted. So keep up with the keep up with us there. Good lord, I can't talk. I'm I'm, I'm focused on food right now. Ever since we talked about food, I have literally been like just sitting here starving. So I'm gonna go eat. Tommy, have a good rest of your week. Michael, thank you very much, and we will see you next time. And that's our show. If you like what you heard on this episode and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe to our pages. You can find us on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts, as well as Spotify. You can also find us on social media, too, at LeftOffPod on Twitter. And just simply search our name on Facebook or Instagram, the Where We Left Off Podcast. See you next time.